Sounds good. All right. So let's start off with the Stanley Cup finals. Um, congratulations to the Avalanche. Uh, they were able to beat the Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, 4 to 2. So they were able to win the Cup in six games. Um, it was a hard fought victory. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, honestly, this is probably one of the better cup finals we've seen in a while. Like two like powerhouse teams are pretty much going at it. And uh, when Tampa Bay scored the first goal in that game six, it was by Stamkos in the first period. Like I really thought that, okay, like Tampa Bay, they're going to win this at home and they're going to take it to game seven. But Colorado pretty much, they didn't give up in this game. Second period, Nathan McKinnon scored. Then Arturi Lekkinen scored. And then there were no more goals after that. And they won the game two to one. I think it's their first Stanley Cup since 2001. It's the third in their team's history. I mean, yeah, congratulations to Colorado. They beat a, a like an almost dynasty level Tampa Bay Lightning team. Yeah, it's it's like pretty much one of those like storybook ending type things. It was like Colorado, they were favored all year to win it and they somehow won it. That's not usually uh, a thing that happens in sports these days where a team's favored to win the cup throughout the entire year and they were and they got it done so yeah really impressive um tampa bay i think they've won 11 straight playoff series or something crazy like that over the past few years so their run is is officially over but yeah both teams played really well and colorado came out on top yeah i think it would have been an impressive story but i think whether uh tampa bay uh won the cup again but this time the avalanche won uh, like you said, it was a storybook ending. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tampa Bay's run? Yeah, it's uh, something that hasn't been done recently in sports. Um, I know after 2019, when they were the number one team in the league and they got swept by the eighth seed Columbus Blue Jackets, everyone was calling them frauds and stuff. And then they just pretty much picked themselves up after that and they won 11 straight playoff series and two Stanley Cups. So uh, people aren't laughing at them now. Let me just say that. It's really impressive what they've been able to do. Yeah, they were so close to getting a 3D, which I don't think we've seen in basically any sport for close to 20 years. So they were um, basically just two games away from that. Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on just the playoffs in general? Yeah, I mean, this is a great playoffs. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, intense series, a lot of game sevens, a lot of uh, hard-fought playoff series. Uh, there were a lot of good teams, especially on the Eastern Conference side. Even the Western Conference, the teams weren't slouches there. Uh, they, they played really solid. And, yeah, Colorado, um, people said the road to the Cup was easy, but um, I think they just made it look easy. I know we were sort of judging them heading into the finals, but they proved – 
um, themselves correct that they were a legit team and they got it done. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that they're going to be one of the top teams in the West for years to come. They're definitely going to be competing uh, every year. And we'll definitely see how Tampa responds to uh, this incredible run that they've been on. And now that it's done, we'll see how their team sort of reacts to that. Yeah, for sure. And I guess just comparing the strength of the two conferences, I know normally the East Eastern Conference is considered the stronger conference, so maybe that's why they were sleeping on the Avalanche. But the Avalanche, they they did make the finals two year, two years before. They bury teams just like um, this year, but um, unfortunately, Tampa Bay uh, was able to beat them that time. So I guess just what are your thoughts on East versus West? Yeah, I mean, Colorado, uh, I know they've been at the bottom for a while. They're just sort of coming up and then they got it done. I think the West is going to get stronger. I don't think that um, I don't think that uh, teams are, are going to have as easy of a time getting through the West anymore. We know the East is stronger. I think eight out of the top 10 teams this year were in the East. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll definitely have to see. I think the West should be able to get stronger next year, though. Of course, like free agents, Michael signed there. It'll kind of balance out like the way it works in most sports leagues. So, yeah, I definitely think the West can get stronger next year. For sure. And I think just the league in general, because when you uh, see some teams, there's like teams like the Rangers that they beat the Penguins, which is no easy easy feat. Um, they beat Carolina, and Carolina's been so solid. Um, Carolina beat Boston, and Boston's in the playoffs almost every year. And then on the west side, we have uh, really strong teams in St. Louis, Minnesota. Um, Calgary looks like they've really been improving. Um, the Oilers made it all the way to the conference finals, and they have um, a really young team with some really good players like Connor McDavid, who's considered one of the most talented players in the entire league. Alex Stars. So um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, the NHL's future? Yeah, a lot of great young players. Like you saw Kale McCarr. He's only like 23. Uh, he won the defenseman triple crown. That's like the Norris Trophy for defenseman of the year. Um, playoff MVP and then Stanley Cup champion like that's I don't think anyone's done that since like Nick Lidstrom or Bobby Orr so yeah it's it's crazy what he's doing right now he's one of the top uh, young defensemen in the game you got a lot of young goalies you talk about Dallas their goalie Jake Ottinger guys in his 20s as well he's playing out of his mind Um, and then you got a lot of good young forwards you talked about Connor McDavid guy still in his 20s you got Austin Matthews Nathan McKinnon from Colorado I mean there's so many good young players in this league uh, the fact that this league is also getting more exposure on um, ESPN and TNT and these kind of um, networks is really good also um, yeah they're really able to um, just promote the game and people are seeing what a great game it is and they're getting attached to it so that's really good to see for the future of the league and I guess just one final shout out to the Kings Yeah, this is a young team that they sort of surprised everyone this year. Uh, they had a lot of injuries. They were just pretty well coached and they got into the playoffs. They have a good mix of vets and young players. So assuming that they all get healthy next year and stuff and they get the goaltending they got this year. Yeah, they definitely have a chance of making the playoffs next year. Of course, they're going to want to keep adding pieces, but they're definitely headed in the right direction. For sure. And it looks like the NHL is in a really good spot. Um, they got a new TV deal, so 
more exposure, like you said. Um, I think the talent around the league in general is just growing. So I feel like um, hockey has a pretty good future. Yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you. Uh, hockey has a great future. And uh, that about ends everything for everything NHL. All right, let's move right into some big-time basketball. We talked about round one of the NBA draft last week. So let's get to round two and sort of recap it. Uh, first pick of round two, um, Indiana Pacers selected Andrew Nampard from Gonzaga. He's point guard. Um, I just assume this is a depth uh, piece for this team. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing as well. Just just looking at the depth chart, they already have a lot of really good point guards. Um, there's uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Ricky Rubio, TJ McConnell, Tyrese Halliburton. So I'm guessing they're probably just adding some more depth. For sure. And uh, getting to the second pick now of round two, um, the Magic select Caleb Houston from Michigan, small forward. Um, they've just been adding a lot of young players, just sort of seeing how much talent they can get. I just assume that's your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, I think the Magic, they're still kind of in a rebuilding phase, so they're just uh, trying to draft the best available players. For sure. And the third pick, uh, the Toronto Raptors select Christian Cloco from Arizona, power forward. I guess, what are your thoughts on this pick? I really like this pick. Um, Christian Coloco is really well-rounded, especially for a big man. He can play the post. He can pass from the post as well. He has good mobility. Um, he had pretty decent um, size for a big man in college. So I think even though he's really well-rounded, and I think he can add a lot to the Raptors, my only question is um, how he's going to compare with uh, bigs in the NBA. Yeah, that's always a question you have coming out. Sometimes it takes longer to adjust, um, but hopefully he will get there for the Raptors. We'll get to the fourth pick now, OKC Thunder. Uh, take a big man as well, Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Um, I guess what are your thoughts on the center? Um, I guess just looking at the depth chart again, it looks like it's uh, probably going to be some more depth. Uh, it looks like they think OKC also drafted Chet Holmgren, and it looks like they're planning on starting by him for the season, and then they have Isaiah Roby as well, so it looks like um, probably going for more depth. Yeah, for sure. I think Chet, I mean, you draft him that high, you got to be starting him, but it's good sort of doubling down on things. Oh, we'll get to pick number five. It looks like the Lakers drafted Max Christie from Michigan State, shooting guard. Um, I guess the Lakers are just adding to depth because they didn't really have a lot of it last season. Yeah, I'm guessing they need a guard with some shooting. So it looks like he's pretty good at shooting three. So I guess we'll see uh, what his role looks like. For sure. And getting to pick number six, another shooting guard off the board, uh, Gabrielle, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Proxida. Uh, from uh, I'm not sure which this is a Euro League for sure. Uh, I'm I'm gonna butcher the team name for Tudo Bologna or I don't know how to say it, but um, yeah, um, it looks like the Blazers go a little outside off the board on this pick. Um, honestly, just adding guard depth, I assume, just because McCollum's gone. Yeah, this looks like 
I guess, a guard who can also play a little bit of wing as well. So I feel like um, Gabrielle is a Priscilla. I'm not really too good at this name. Well. Yeah, you're going to butcher it too. Yeah, yeah my, my bad. But he's probably going to be playing multiple spots if they decide to give him some minutes. So he could potentially uh, be someone to look for at the end of the draft in fantasy this season. Yeah, for sure. And um, another shooting guard off the board from the G League Ignite, Jalen Hardy goes to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I guess another guard to sort of fill in after they traded Buddy Heald. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess they're looking for someone to replace Buddy Heald. So just, I guess, a lot of money there. All right. And we'll get to the San Antonio Spurs. They take point guard Kennedy Chandler. From Tennessee, I, I'm just surprised at the amount of guards ta- the Spurs are taking this year. Yeah, I would have thought they would have went for at least a couple of uh, big men, but I guess they decided to go for another guard, which I'm surprised by. So I guess my, well, I guess the reason, yeah, I'm not really too sure what the reason is, but um, maybe they're just really confident that Jakob Hurdle and uh, it's John Glanville are going to be guys there they have Keldon Johnson as well so uh, maybe they're just more concerned about their guard spot all right and we'll get to pick number nine Khalifa Diop from Grand uh, Canaria uh, he's a center going to Cleveland I guess uh, Cleveland I know they do have quite a bit of center depth but I guess maybe they're just adding to it yeah I guess they have centers that are um, for example Evan Mobley is a uh, mobile center. Um, have Jared Allen, but I think Jared Allen was injured, so it really hurt um, Cleveland's playoff chances. So I'm guessing Cleveland Diop is kind of play looks like a little bit similar to Jared Allen, kind of like a big, big man, if that makes sense. So if Jared Allen goes down, they could probably look for Cleveland Diop. For sure. And we'll get to pick number 10. The Timberwolves take Bryce McGowan's from Nebraska, shooting guard. Um, I think they're just adding to their guard depth at this point, and I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, I think Minnesota doesn't really need any major changes, so I guess just adding some guard depth should be good. All right, and getting to pick number 11, New Orleans Pelicans take EJ Liddell from Ohio State. He's a power forward. Um I guess maybe a backup for Zion, but I guess what are your thoughts? I mean, if you're going to be a power forward in the, on the Pelicans, you're most likely going to be a backup for Zion. Yeah, I mean, we'd probably expect that. I hope Zion's healthy to start this season. Uh, we'll get to pick number 12. Trevor Keels from Duke going to the Knicks. He's a small forward. We talked about last episode, Knicks just need to add as much young depth as they can. Yeah. I feel like uh, they just need to add as much depth as possible. Not really much else to say about that. Yeah, and um, we'll move right to the LA Clippers at 13. They take Musa Diabat from Michigan. He's a power forward. Um, honestly, yeah, good adding forward depth. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think he looks like a really versatile player. Um it looks like he's up around 210 pounds, so he's going to be really mobile for a big, but I guess 
again, my question is how are you going to deal with other bigs um, in the NBA? Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have to find out about that. Getting to pick 14, the Hawks take Ryan Rollins from Toledo, shooting guard. Um, I just assume just more another depth guy. They're just adding to their uh, sort of amount of guards that they have right now. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be, um, I guess, a guard with, um, it looks like he has a long wingspan. So a guard who's also really good at uh, defense. So I guess we'll just have to see what his role is. For sure. And getting to pick 15, the Charlotte Hornets took Josh Minot from Memphis. Uh, he's a power forward. Uh, we talked about them adding a lot of young players too. So I just assume that's what they're doing here. Yeah, it looks like what that's probably what's going to happen. I think um, they have to decide to add a depth piece that could be slotted in multiple spots. So that's probably what they're going for. For sure. And getting to pick 16, Detroit Pistons take Ismail Kamagat from Paris. He's a center. Um, I know that they've added pieces in various spots, but um, I guess what are your thoughts on this? I'm not really too sure I guess on why they drafted him but it does look like he's um he has like a lot of potential so I'm guessing that that's probably what they're drafting him for I guess just taking a look at the Detroit Pistons uh depth chart I guess for their their bigs they have Isaiah Stewart uh Nerlens Noel and Kelly Olenek so I'm guessing uh that Ismail is going to be a backup for that and then maybe depending on how he develops we um, might see him take a bigger role yeah for sure definitely adding to that depth is really solid um we'll get to the 17th pick it's the memphis grizzlies to take vince williams jr from vcu he's a small forward um i know small forward hasn't really been the position that stood out for this team so i guess just adding more depth to it seems to be the right way to go yeah it looks like uh vince williams uh, a really good three small forward. Um, right here, looks like he has a, a, really, a really long expense ball. He's really good at shooting, so he's most likely going to be a three. All right, and uh, we'll get to pick number 18. You got the Timberwolves back on the board. Take Kendall Brown, small forward from Baylor. Um, yeah, they've made a lot of draft picks here, and they're just adding to their depth. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. All right, and pick number 19, this is interesting. The Cleveland Cavaliers take Isaiah Mobley, the brother of Evan Mobley from USC, power forward. These two could end up seeing the court at the same time, I guess. What are your thoughts? That'd be pretty interesting. I guess we're going to hear Mobley some Mobley. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Uh, and, yeah, a great pick by them being able to land uh, the brother. I believe it was via trade, so that's very good as well. Um, pick number 20, Minnesota right back on the board. They draft Matteo Spagnolo from Cremona. He's a point guard. It seems like they've picked uh, players from each position pretty much in this draft, so it's just another depth guy. Yeah, it looks like um, he's another guard who can be slotted in multiple positions. So I guess another pretty good guy. For sure. And getting to pick number 21, the Golden State Warriors take Tyrese Martin from UConn, small forward. 
Um, yeah, small forward seems to be that spot. Like, I know they have Andrew Wiggins. We don't know if he's going to stay. Adding depth to that position is really good. Yeah, and I guess knowing the Warriors, they have a really good development program, probably one of the best um, in the league. So, honestly, even uh, if even if uh, Andrew Wiggins stays, it's not really um, any pressure on him. He just gets some more time to develop, and then the Warriors are going to be for sure and moving to pick number 22 um carlo matkovic from um Merga Mo- mega mozart uh, power forward um yeah they had two power forwards here which is interesting even though they already have zion i guess what are your thoughts um i guess just some more depth but even then i'm not entirely sure yeah, probably just more depth. Hopefully Zion doesn't like leave for any reason. I definitely wouldn't want to see that. Um, we'll get to pick number 23, Boston Celtics taking J.D. Davison from Alabama, point guard. Um, I don't know whether they feel like they need more depth behind Smart, but I guess what are your thoughts? I guess uh, maybe they are looking for some more uh, depth behind Smart. My only... Uh, I'm not really too sure because I'm thinking that the Celtics would want a more um, offensive-oriented point guard, but not too sure what J.D. Davis' role is going to be. Yeah, we'll definitely have to find out what that is uh, when the time comes, but we'll get to the Washington Wizards at 24. Are they taking Yannick Nizosa from, uh, I'm going to butcher his name too, Unique. Kaja Malaga, he's a center. Um, yeah, they have some centers in Washington. I know Porzingis can play center from time to time, but yeah, this is just another depth piece, I assume. Yeah, it's kind of what it's looking looking like. Um, I think Porzingis looks like he's starting at center for now. We have Daniel Gafford, Thomas Bryant as well, so um, they're probably just going to try to develop first. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that they can develop. We'll get to pick number 25, Golden Seeds back on the board. They take Dre Santos from uh, Minas. Uh, he's a small forward. Yeah, they target the small forward position twice here. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess um, they're probably looking for some more depth at small forward. Um, he looks pretty versatile, so I guess they're trying to, I guess, probably develop them and then again the Warriors are gonna have uh, scary for sure and we'll get to pick number 26 Cleveland back on the board they take Luke Travers from Perth uh, he's a sh- shooting guard uh yeah I think this is just another depth piece considering Sexton got hurt this year yeah I'm guessing they probably just want someone in case um Colin Sexton goes down or even if he's healthy, uh, maybe they can give him some some more rest and then we can have someone like um, Travers play a little bit. For sure. And we'll get to pick number 27, Portland taking Jabari Walker from Colorado, power forward. Um, yeah, they're just filling out depth on their roster. I like what Portland's doing. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Portland's like, they're on a borderline field, so it's got to take the best available player for sure and 
last pick of the draft. I think there were two forfeited picks, so there's only 58 picks in this year's draft. Uh, pick number 28 of round two, uh, the Indiana Pacers back on the board. They take Hugo Besson from the NZ Breakers. Uh, he's a point guard. Um, yeah, it's interesting. They took two point guards in the second round. I guess just adding depth there. I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess that's what it's looking like. All right. And yeah, that's the recap of this year's NBA draft. Uh, we took a look at the first round last week and the second round this week. I guess any last thoughts on the entire draft? Well, I guess my only concern is again for the Spurs because. They drafted a lot of guards. They didn't really draft in other positions. So my only concern is um, how they're going to kind of deal with the spots that they didn't draft. Yeah, I think it is going to be tough for them. They took a guard in the second round, and then in the first round, uh, they did take one power forward, which was good, but then they took so a couple more guards. So, I mean, we'll definitely have to see how that works out. Maybe they have plans to sign a big man, so – Maybe they'll sort of be able to cover for that. We'll definitely have to see. I guess my final thought is that I know OKC has been getting a lot of hate for drafting Holmgren, but honestly, I think he's going to be a good NBA player. I think people are hating on him a little too much. I feel like he, I mean, we've seen like skinny guys. Like we saw Yanis, he put on so much weights from the time when he came into the NBA until now. So players can do it. And he seems like a very versatile player. So um, yeah, I think he can, be like a star for this OKC team with guys like Josh Giddy and others. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess maybe they're concerned about size because he's being slotted at center. And normally centers, they tend to be a little bit on the heavy side, like around 250 pounds. So if they can kind of get into, um, I guess, gain a little bit of weight, should be fine. but at the same time, even though he's a little bit smaller, he should be able to have a lot of speed. So um, the NBA is getting to be like a faster kind of game. So you don't want to get too big, but otherwise it's going to be hard to keep up. Yeah, for sure. And I think they might even be planning to run him at power forward as well. So maybe that might can help. That can probably help him as he starts out. And then we'll definitely see where he goes from there. But yeah, before we finish up Big Time Basketball, let's get to a couple pieces of news. Kyrie Irving decides to play out the final year of his contract. I think it's $36.9 million per season. Um, yeah, and it looks like Brooklyn's taking one more shot at it with uh, KD and Kyrie. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess um, they haven't really had um, the ideal, I guess, uh, last few seasons. So they want to make sure that they at least kind of get one. Uh, I guess, legitimate chance in their eyes because um, I feel like they had some injuries. Um, Kyrie Irving wasn't able to play all the games. So um, just run it back one more time and see what happens. Yeah, hopefully Ben Simmons can get healthy too. I definitely want to see how he fits into this team. Um, he's definitely a great point guard, great passer, solid defense, you know. Um, I definitely want to see what he can do to help out this team. Yeah, they could be pretty solid next year. Like you said, if everyone's healthy, um, they have a lot of good players there. So I will definitely have to see what happens with that. I guess speaking of teams that need to stay healthy, we'll get to the LA Clippers. And it looks like John Wall's heading there after sort of being paid to leave the Rockets. He got bought out 
uh, of his contract. So he will be signing with the LA Clippers. He will join Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, as well as some other really talented players, guys like Reggie Jackson, among others. Uh, that seems like a pretty solid team as well. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a really good ad for the LA Clippers. Um, I guess just to, again, taking a look at the depth chart, um, the Clippers have Paul George, they have one Powell, they have Alu Kennard, they have Kawhi. So again, those are some really good players. And yeah, John Wall on top of that. So um, I feel like the Clippers, they're going to be really solid at um, one to three. And then four to five, you still have Robert Covington, you have Akita Zubak. So that's um, pretty decent depth. Yeah, for sure. And I think just before we finish up, uh, we did this for for the NFL already. So, uh, I guess an early predict, prediction of the Super Bowl. So let's do it with the NBA as well. I think I like the Clippers to go to the finals from the West. I guess which team do you think? It's just an early look of who could go to the finals in the West. It's really tough to tell because um, I think the finals for the last three years it's been pretty unpredictable. I think it's been a different team each year. The option would be to go with the Warriors, but uh, they may they may not make it just because of how unpredictable goal you guys been getting. But I'll just go with the easy option, go with the Warriors. For sure. And then we'll bounce to the Eastern Conference. I think if I'm going to make my pick here, I got to pick a team that I think will sort of, I don't know, sort of be uh, really solid next year. I guess an easy pick would be to take Boston again, although I do like Boston. I don't know if they're going to go to the finals again. Um, I think Milwaukee, I, I might have to go with them. So I think Clippers against the Bucks will sort of be the, the series I want to see. I know I wanted to see it last year. It didn't happen. So I think, yeah, Clippers against Bucks for me is like my early prediction. I guess, what about you? I guess just looking at some of the teams. Um I mean, either the 76ers or the Bulls, because they haven't really had their chance yet. I know, actually, the Cavaliers can make a run, but uh, there's a few teams that can make a run. So maybe I'll go with the 76ers. They've been trying to make a push for a while, so it's just a year. All right, so we have Clippers against Bucks, and we have Warriors against 76ers. So we'll definitely have to see how that turns out. But yeah, that's pretty much going to be the end of big time basketball. So let's move to some Fanatics football. We're going to get right into, uh, I guess, prepping for fantasy football for 2022. And we'll just jump in to some sleeper players this year in fantasy football. We'll go through each roster and we'll sort of give a name. Um, whether, I mean, it might be the same name for both of us. It might be a different name for both of us. Uh, I guess we'll just give our thoughts on sleepers. So I guess we'll just start with the AFC and we'll go all the way through to the NFC. We'll start with the Buffalo Bills. Um, I guess a sleeper player for me, um, I know this is like a common sleeper player, but I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis. We saw just a little bit of what he could do last year with his multiple touchdown games there at the end. And then that playoff game against the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. So he played really solid there as well. And it looks like he's going to be the number two wide receiver in this offense. Yeah, he's sort of like my sleeper slash breakout player of the year. I guess, who do you have from Buffalo? I feel like it's probably going to be a receiver as well but i'm just going to be different and say 
uh, Dawson Oxford tight end. Um, I feel like if you end up getting him as a tight end too, just because of um, how many targets all the players have, because Jock Allen throws a lot, um, Dawson Knox could have decent targets for a tight end too, so he could do fairly well. Yeah, I think he's going at the bottom of tight end one, early tight end two. So depending on where you get him, definitely could pay off for you. And he could be that like sleeper top five tight end. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, we'll get to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I guess I'll start with you this time. I guess who would be your sleeper player? Uh, I guess just looking at the depth chart. Uh so how do you feel about uh, Chase Edmonds? Yeah, I mean, I think he was really solid last year with Arizona. Um, yeah, I think there is a chance that he could be a sleeper player. And I guess to be different from you, I'll just pick another running back because we don't know how this backfield is going to go. They all could be sleeper players at this point. I'll go with Sony Michelle. I, I mean, ever since he was in New England, then he went to the Rams. He always finds a way to get touches. I don't know what it is about him. He's not flashy. He's just a good runner. So uh, he could be a sleeper player as well. So I think either one of those two running backs, they definitely could have sleeper or breakout potential. So um, I think we're targeting the right position for, for this team in terms of like sleeper or breakout players. But yeah, I definitely think that it could be one of those two guys. Who knows? Could even be Raheem Mostert if he stays healthy. The only problem is he just hasn't been staying healthy. So um, yeah, I definitely like the, those backs from the Dolphins, especially if you can get them a little bit later in your draft. Uh, we'll get to the New England Patriots. Um, I guess... My sleeper player this year, I'm going to sort of take the easy way out and I'll just go with Devontae Parker. I mean, this guy's going to be the wide receiver one most likely for this team. And this is sort of like that, that sort of contested catch uh, guy, like receiver that can go up and get the ball that New England's been needing for a while. He's primed as a, like a sleeper breakout player. I mean, you're probably pulling him in in like bench or like flex range in a draft. So if you get him, he could sort of explode this year, depending on how much Mac Jones targets him. So he's going to be my sleeper, I guess. Uh, so do you agree with that? Or do you have a different player? I guess just to be different, I'll put Triple H Hunter Henry as the sleeper player for this team. I mean, I, he was pretty solid when he was on the Chargers. Um, I feel like he had a solid season last year. So potentially kind of into the top 12. Yeah, for sure. I think he was like top five in tight end touchdowns last year with New England and he's still being criminally lowly drafted. So yeah, he might definitely be one of those sleeper tight ends for sure. Um, we'll get to the New York Jets now. Honestly, you could go a lot of different ways with this. I guess I'll start with you. I guess who do you sort of see as like a sleeper here in this offense? Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of different ways that you could look at it. Um, I think maybe I'll just go with uh, maybe CJ Uzoma, I guess. Yeah, I guess give me a bit of your thoughts on him. I'm guessing just because he, it looks like CJ Uzoma was uh, pretty solid last season. So there, this, um, I guess depth, the depth on this roster isn't to the point where you can't throw to a tight end. Um, 
for example, they do have Corey Davis, they do have Elijah Moore, but I feel like just to kind of spread out the offense, you want to throw to a tight end on this team a little bit more, so uh, maybe CJ Rosoma could have a season this year. Yeah, I mean, you're probably drafting him as your backup tight end anyways, and I mean, if he has a chance to break out, I think he has good sleeper potential. Also, um, I guess for sleeper potential, I might as well just go with Zach Wilson. I mean, um, we've seen second-year quarterbacks break out. Like, Lamar Jackson won MVP in his, like, second season in the league. So, um, yeah, uh, some of these young quarterbacks, they can break out if they're in the right situation. So, um, yeah, Zach Wilson's that guy. You don't even need to take him that high. You can take him at the end of your draft as your backup quarterback. And he, can, he can end up being one of those breakout guys. We know he has legs as well. He can definitely get rushing yards. So, I mean, he has all the tools in his arsenal to be a breakout player. So, um, yeah, if you believe in him as well, you can definitely draft him as sort of like that sleeper player, and he can definitely break out for you. Um, we'll move to the Baltimore Ravens now. Um, I guess we'll start um here oh there's a lot of good players here i guess my sleeper player honestly oh this is tough uh maybe i'll let you go first i guess uh who do you think might be the sleeper player here i mean i wanted to go rashawn Bateman just because he's really solid but um the ravens are run heavy i guess maybe it's cheating a little bit but uh jk dalbins was injured so i'm guessing he'll be drafted really low but was pretty solid the year before so again it's cheating but you could consider sleeper. i think both of those guys you mentioned those are probably the two i was looking at as well uh if you can get them as low as you can they definitely both could break out this year so yeah rashad bateman a wide receiver jk dobbins a running back two really solid options there and we'll get to the cincinnati Bengals. um i guess i'll start with you i guess uh, who do you see as the sleeper player here there's a lot of uh, really good players here. Um, I guess just taking a look. Uh, maybe Tyler Boyd. Yeah, um, Tyler Boyd's really solid. I don't think he's getting the respect uh, he deserves. Um, he's definitely been getting a lot of targets. Obviously, the two receivers ahead of him are going to take a lot of them. So um, he's definitely in that sort of sleeper category, especially if you can get him later on. Um, I was going to have T Higgins as my sleeper, but I saw where he's been getting drafted and he's been getting drafted way too high. Jamar Chase is still the number one guy there. So I guess as sort of that like sleeper player, I mean, I might as well just go with Joe Burrow. I know he's being drafted in the top 10 in quarterbacks, but I guess with the amount of times he's throwing the ball, he's had like over 500 yard games as well and he can run as well. So he definitely has a chance to be like a sleeper top five or top two quarterback. So uh, definitely go take a look at Joe Burrow for sleepers. All right, let's get to the next team now. And that is the Cleveland Browns. Nate, I might as well just start with you here. Uh, since you know the Browns better than I do, who's your sleeper player of the year for fantasy? I guess just taking a look at the depth charts. There's a few um, really solid players. Could maybe go with uh, Donovan Peoples Jones just because he could be taking a step up this season. Um, could go with David Njoku as well, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I was going to take Deshaun Watson, but we don't know his status in terms of how much he's going to play this season. So I think I might go there. I like David Njoku as well. He definitely could be really solid. Obviously, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but regardless of that, I think he's going to be on the field a lot. So I think definitely if you're getting him like pretty late in drafts, he definitely could be one of those sleeper tight ends. We'll get now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Honestly, like I know people have been knocking this guy for some of his comments that he made, but I really think Chase Claypool can be their breakout player this year. Um, I know he's saying, like, I feel like I'm a top three wide receiver. I know he's getting hate for that, but, like, if he's confident in himself, I think he's going to ball out this year. I guess who's your sleeper player? Um, I actually really like um, Chase Claypool as well. I mean, maybe it's a little bit controversial to say he's a top three wide receiver and other people thought just because of how much competition there is, but has been showing flashes of talent ever since he was in the league. So even if I remember correctly in the playoffs against the Browns, he did a really good job. So I mean, he could be a breakout player. Yeah, for sure. He definitely has all the tools there, like you said. So definitely going to be really solid this year. Um, We'll get to the next team. That's the Houston Texans. There's a lot of names you can pick out of this team considering they don't have a lot of it, like, I guess, um, veteran players here. It's a lot of young guys. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe Nico Collins could be that guy for me, a wide receiver. Um, I know Brandon Cook's sort of the main guy here, but Collins could sort of take that next step this year and be like a sleeper receiver, I guess. Who do you have for the Texans? It's really hard to tell because there's a lot of young players, like you said. Um. I guess I'll cheat a little bit and say Brandon Cook's the sleeper player. <laughs> I mean, with how solid he was this year, I mean, if you can get him really low, he definitely has the chance to be like a top receiver in fantasy. So, yeah, why not go for Brandon Cooks? Uh, we'll get to the Indianapolis Colts now. I guess I'll start with you this time. I guess who was your sleeper player on this team? I guess I'll go out on a limb. And even though he had He's been really streaky for maybe the past few seasons. I'll go with Matt Ryan as a sleeper QB2 just because of how well-rounded the roster is. And Matt Ryan pretty much just uh, needs to pass in the pocket like he always has. And um, the Colts will probably do really well and maybe Matt Ryan as well. For sure. And maybe I'll just go with a guy like Nine M. Hines. I know Jonathan Taylor's going to be getting most of the carries, but I mean, Hines, I think with a guy like Matt Ryan, always throwing the football, he might get a lot of opportunities to make a lot of catches. And, you know, um, he's a really talented player on this team. Many people forget about him because of how good Jonathan Taylor is. So um, you can get Hines as like that flex bench type option. and He can re- be really solid as we've seen in previous years. So I think Hines might be my sleeper player. Oh, we'll get to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you have a lot of names to sort of pick from here. I guess, uh, who do you like here as a sleeper? Uh, there's a lot of guys to look at. Um, maybe uh, James Robinson. He could be a sleeper. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I believe he is battling an injury, but I think he will only miss a a few games. I think he should be there for most of the season. So if that gives you an opportunity to draft him late 
and then he sort of has that like breakout when he comes back, then you'll definitely have gotten a lot of value on him for sure. Um, I might just go with Christian Kirk. I think they're giving him the chance to be the number one wide receiver on this team with the amount of money they paid him. And yeah, that that's a perfect opportunity for him to break out. Um, he could end up being like a top uh, 15, 16 wide receiver in this league, if not higher in fantasy. So um, definitely don't be afraid to draft him. He's going to get targeted for sure with the amount of money they're paying him. So he's sort of my sleeper for this team. We'll get to the Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, I think honestly, uh, if anything happens to Ryan Tannehill, I think if Malik Willis starts, he could be that like sleeper, like deep sleeper quarterback where, cause we know he has a crazy arm. We know he's super athletic. Um, he's pretty much like Lamar Jackson with like a deep ball arm, pretty much like this guy is going to be crazy. He's not going to start obviously, but if anything happened to Ryan Tannehill, he's like a super deep sleeper. Um, I guess do have a sleeper player from this team. Well, I guess we'll stick um, with kind of the the air side of the football, and uh, maybe Robert Woods. Um, they brought him in as a free agent to, I guess, try to fill in for AJ Brown a bit. So um, he could be getting a lot of targets. So if you get him as well as you can, he could give you a lot of value. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, seems to be getting drafted after Traylon Burks, and Burks is unproven at this point. So. Uh, Robert Woods could really be a, a solid uh, receiver for this team. Uh, we'll get to the Denver Broncos now. Um, I guess uh, in terms of sleeper players for me, I was going to go with Javante Williams, but he's being drafted so high that I might as well just go with Melvin Gordon at this point because I feel like he's being drafted a little too low. That I mean, he was really solid last year. Both him and Javante had great seasons. I think that if you can get him sort of in that like flex bench type role, um, I think you're you'll be great with Melvin Gordon. He has a chance to sort of replicate what he did last year, I guess. So, who's your sleeper on this team? There's quite a few guys that you could take a look at. Um, I feel like this uh, roster is pretty solid. You could go with quite a few of these guys as sleepers. Um, I guess maybe um, Alberto. It looks like he's below guys like Gerald Everett. Um, is below Evan and Chrome. So, and I feel like the addition of uh, Russell Westbrook is going to increase like everybody's targets, at least in terms of quality, even if the number of targets is the same. So, I feel like he could take a step up this season. I love how you said Russell Westbrook instead of Russell Wilson. <laughs> I got NBA on the line, my bad. I know we just finished big time basketball, but yeah, let's get to the Kansas City Chiefs now. Uh, we'll sort of talk about who we feel like are sleeper players. I guess I'll start with you. Who's your sort of sleeper guy from this team? Well, it's hard to say um, someone from Kansas City is a sleeper because everyone's just really solid, but maybe Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I think for me, it's either Juju Smith-Schuster or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think that they're both being taken. I think it's it's at like wide receiver two or three and then running back two or three. And I think that they have a chance to sort of break out and be number ones in their respective positions, depending on the way that they're used. So um, I think you're drafting them at sort of the mid-range or near their floor, and they definitely have a chance to sort of punch through and get a, have a higher ceiling. So I'll, I definitely agree with you on Juju, but I'll also add Clyde Edwards-Alaire to that. 
Um, we'll get to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, honestly, I think Hunter Renfro is being criminally underdrafted with the season he had last year. I know Devontae Adams is here. I know Darren Waller is still here. But Renfro is just that easy guy that's going to eat up a lot of targets. He's been doing it. And I feel like that um, him and Adams could be closer than a lot of people think in terms of targets. I don't know. Who's your sleeper for this team? Um, I was going to go with Hunter Renfro as well, because like you said, he had a really solid season um, last season. I think even with Devontae Adams there, even with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro's most likely going to have a role. Um, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, they have the chemistry together, so why wouldn't he fill it in? So I feel like, I think he's, what, 38? And then there's a few guys that, for example, I think Adam Thielen is being drafted above him, but I feel like Hunter Renfro could get more targets than um, Adam Thielen potentially. So maybe he could be a sleeper. Yeah, I mean, he just always finds a way to get open as well. He's a great route runner. I mean, he's going to be open, so he's going to be getting targets. So, And the number one defenders are going to be on Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. So he really has a chance to sort of make a name for himself again next year. So definitely a really solid sleeper player there. I'll get to the LA Chargers now. Um, I guess I'll get to you. I guess who do you like as a sleeper here? It's hard to tell because... I guess, again, everyone's um, really solid, but I guess just looking down the depth chart, uh, potentially Gerald Everett. Yeah, I think that um, as a tight end for this team, you're always going to be getting targeted, um, whether it's in the red zone, whether it's just um, in like third down situations, that kind of thing. So he definitely has a chance to be really solid. I think I'll go with wide receiver Joshua Palmer. I think he's going to be in his second year. He showed flashes in his rookie year, but I definitely think he can take that next step. And I think this offense is good enough to support three receivers fantasy-wise. So he's definitely really solid if you want to take him as a sleeper bench-type wide receiver. He definitely has a chance to break out for you. Um, We'll get now to the Dallas Cowboys, taking a look at their roster. Honestly... Um, I think that the sleeper player might be Michael Gallup, in my opinion, just because everyone's focused on CeeDee Lamb when Gallup's pretty talented himself. And since Amari Cooper's gone, he definitely has the chance to get a lot of targets, and he's being drafted a lot uh, lower than CeeDee Lamb is. So I definitely think Michael Gallup is a solid sleeper. I guess, who do you have for this team? I guess uh, just taking a look at this depth chart, I think I'll have to go with CeeDee Lamb as well. Um, I feel like um, Ezekiel Elliott, he could potentially be a sleeper considering he's an RB, RB2, but he has um, a fairly high ceiling, but we haven't seen him play his full potential yet. So I feel like it's a little bit accurate. So I'm guessing Michael Gallup's probably going to be the pick with the highest value. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that uh, he, th- there's a lot of sleepers on the Dallas team. They have a great offense. You can pretty much pick from anywhere, and they should be solid for you. Now we'll get to the New York Giants. Uh, in terms of sleeper players, there's a lot of players here. Um, I don't know. For sleeper, I might have to go with Kadarius Tony at wide receiver, considering I saw how much talent he has last year. They just need to utilize him in the correct way. Um, I guess who do you have as a, as a sleeper here for this team? It's really hard to tell because – 
personally, I probably target this at the tail end of my draft. So I guess just uh, looking at some players, uh, potentially um, Ricky Seals Jones, just depending on how the offense works works out. Um, I'm guessing they're going with Saquon Barkley for the bulk um, of the offense, but I think in terms of passing, I feel like um, everyone should be able to get a decent amount of targets just because I feel like there isn't really a clear number one in terms of catching, so he still jumps. All right, and uh, we'll get to the Philadelphia Eagles now. I guess looking at a sleeper player that I have for this team, Honestly, it might be Miles Sanders just because he's been being drafted kind of low considering this team is a pretty run-heavy offense as we saw last season. I think Miles Sanders, if he's healthy, he's going to be the guy here and he's going to get a lot of uh, chances to run the ball. So I think that he definitely can be that sort of breakout player for you next year. I guess who do you have as a sleeper for this team? I was going to say Jalen Hurts, but he's right. Is ranked six right now, so that's not really a sleeper. So I guess um, maybe either Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard, I think. Yeah, either of those two players, they're being drafted lower than where they could be going, so you definitely could consider them as like sleeper breakout potential. So I definitely like those players also. Uh, we'll get to the Washington Commanders now. Um, honestly, in terms of sleeper players, I mean, you can probably go with a guy like Terry McLaurin, even though he is a top wide receiver. I think he still has more to give. He sort of just re-signed uh, with this team. I believe it was either yesterday or today. Um, and yeah, he's going to be the main guy here. He definitely can be that breakout guy, considering that Carson Wentz, when he locks onto a target, he sort of tries to feed that guy over and over. And if McLaurin becomes that guy, I think he has a pretty high ceiling. I guess who's your sleeper on this team? I guess I'll go out on a limb and maybe have Carson Wentz as a potential sleeper pick, mainly just because he's not fairly low in terms on the draft boards. He's below Daniel Jones, and he's just right above Jared Goff, and I feel like the commanders should they should have uh, I guess a higher placing than a team like the Lions just because the Lions are rebuilding. So maybe Carson Wentz uh, could have a really good season for a like a really low QB too. Yeah, I mean, considering he also rushes the ball from time to time as well, he definitely has that potential. Um, yeah, and he did keep the interceptions down quite a bit last year. He just didn't get a lot of chances to throw the ball. So maybe if he throws the ball a little bit more, he definitely has that chance to, to be a sleeper quarterback for sure. I will get to the Chicago Bears now. Um, I guess looking at their roster, um, I mean, you might have to go uh, a little off the board here. Uh, you know what? I'll just go with Cole Komet. Um, I, feel, I feel like at tight end, he definitely could be that um, – pretty heavily targeted guy for Justin Fields as he's sort of in his second year getting accustomed to the NFL. Cole Komet was solid last year. Um, so I definitely think he can build on that for this year. So he's my sleeper, I guess. Who do you have as a sleeper? Yeah, I guess just taking the depth charts. Um, I'm thinking of potentially Darnell. I mean, he's not that much of a sleeper, but I feel like he could have 
a potential breakout season if Justin Fields has a breakout season. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I'm definitely right there with you on a Mooney breakout season. Assuming he gets targeted enough, he definitely has the talent to sort of uh, break out. Uh, we'll get to the Detroit Lions. Um, they have a lot of players as well. Um, honestly, I think uh, I know a lot of people are um, sort of saying, oh, Amon Ross St. Brown's going to be the main guy. But I mean, they paid DJ Shark the money. I think where he's being drafted, I think he might be a sleeper because he has the potential to be the number one wide receiver in this offense. I guess, who do you have at sleeper? I like DJ Chark as well. Um, like you said, he was um, he was uh, brought to the Lions in free agency. He was solid last season, but um, he, did, he was a little bit inconsistent because he was on the Jaguars, if I remember correctly, and the Jaguars didn't have the best season, but um, DJ Chark, he showed a lot of talent. Um, he's on the Lions team uh, with Jared Goff, and Jared Goff's been around the block. He knows how to uh, call plays. He knows how to, how to run an offense, and he knows how to get the job done. So I feel like um, DJ Chark should help more consistently. Yeah, I mean, he was a little banged up last year as well. So he definitely, as long as he stays healthy, he can be really solid. We'll get to the Green Bay Packers. I guess a lot of guys here that can be sleepers. I might go with A.J. Dillon, the running back. I know he's like the second running back on this team, but he's so big and he's so talented. I mean, he definitely could potentially be a flex play at points this year, if not better than that. They could run two running backs at one time. And I mean, if anything happens to Aaron Jones, he's the main guy. He's getting the full workload. And with the stats he's putting up with a limited workload, he could really explode. So I, I like A.J. Dillon as my sleeper. I guess who you like as a sleeper here? Uh, I'm guessing uh, maybe Robert Tuckman, just because uh, even though the wide receivers, they're fairly solid, uh, Devontae Adams isn't there. So there isn't going to – it doesn't look like there's one guy that you have to be wide receiver over and over again so that kind of spreads um, the targets out pretty evenly so I feel like um, Robert Tonkin should be um, getting more targets this season yeah I can get there with you on that one as well I know last season they were more funneled towards Devontae Adams so hopefully he'll sort of be a bigger part of this offense I'll get to the Minnesota Vikings in terms of a sleeper player Honestly, I might have to go with Irv Smith Jr. I know he was hurt last year, but uh, if he gets the targets at tight end that Conklin was getting, he definitely has a chance to break out with his talent. I guess, who do you have uh, as a sleeper here? I guess just taking a look at the depth chart. Um, maybe I'll go with uh, Kirk Cousins, even though it's a run-heavy offense. Um, he finds a way just to get uh, quality passes out to um, the rest of the team. So I guess if you like that, definitely take him as a QB2. Yeah, I mean, you're getting him as a QB2 and over the past few years, he's been putting up QB1 stats. So, I mean, he's definitely a, a player that people are sleeping on. So uh, I definitely agree with you there on Cousins. Uh, we'll get to the Atlanta Falcons now. Um, They have, uh, a, yeah, it's they've sort of broken up a good portion of their team the last couple of years. There still are some decent players here. I guess I'll go with a super deep sleeper, and that would be quarterback Desmond Ritter. Uh, this is the second rookie quarterback I've done. 
if anything happens to Marcus Mariota, it might not even take an injury. If he just doesn't play well, they could throw Raider in. And I mean, he could really be that guy for this team and potentially be fantasy relevant at points during the season. So when my second deep sleeper of the day, I'll go with Desmond Ritter. I guess who's your sleeper player for this team? I'll go with Cordero Patterson. Um, I think Cordero Patterson is 36, so he's right under Melvin Um It looks, I think, on the Falcons, again, they're rebuilding their offense. So this could be an opportunity to, I guess, get some more runs. I know the Falcons, they're normally a pass-heavy team, but considering that, you know, the wide receivers, um, in terms of passing, there, there isn't really a reason to always pass to the wide receivers now. So um, maybe Cordell Patterson could get some more snaps. Yeah, I feel like he's being slept on a lot considering Mike Davis isn't there anymore. I don't know how much of a workload Damian Williams is going to get. So it looks like Patterson's going to be the main guy for them at running back. Like you said, he'll fit well in the passing offense as well. So definitely a good breakout player there. We'll get to the Carolina Panthers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this roster for sleeper players? It's really hard to tell because um, it's kind of hard to see um, where just players are going in general. Um, I think Chuba Hubbard had a good season last season, but um, he's going to be competing for snaps with Christian McCaffrey. So I feel like Chuba Hubbard's going to be like a great handcuff pick, if that makes sense. Like if you draft Christian McCaffrey, you're probably going to want to draft Chuba Hubbard at somewhat at the end of your drafts. Um, he had a pretty solid season last season, so McCaffrey goes, goes down and go with him. Yeah, you pretty much need to draft Hubbard, like you said, if you have McCaffrey, because McCaffrey's been going down quite easily over the past few years. So you definitely need that solid backup. I'll probably go with Terrace Marshall Jr. I definitely think as a wide receiver, he could break out this year and you're getting him pretty late in drafts. Um, He's starting out as the third wide receiver of this team, but he definitely has the potential to break out. Uh, So I like Marshall Jr. as my sleeper. We'll get to the New Orleans Saints. A few different options here. I guess who would be your sleeper pick? Um, I'll go with uh, Jameis Winston as a sleeper pick, potentially. Um, I think, if I remember, yeah, it looks like he's going to be a two, so um, he could maybe play um, above a QB2 just because Saints roster is fairly solid. So even though Winston isn't necessarily the most consistent quarterback, I think he's going to have some pretty good weeks. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if Winston sort of plays well, I think any one of these top wide receivers could be sleepers, like whether it's Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, like wherever you're getting them would be too low. Like they all have a chance to break out. Um, especially if Michael Thomas is healthy, he'd sort of be my like my sleeper player. We saw him be the wide receiver one in the year that he was fully healthy, where he led the league in reception. So, yeah, Michael Thomas, he's super talented. He just needs to be healthy, and I definitely think he's sort of that sleeper player for you. I'll get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they definitely have a lot of solid players here. Um, I think for sleeper player, I'd probably have to go with Russell Gage. Uh, he's new to this offense, but looks like he'll be in the slot. And I mean, if you got Tom Brady throwing to you, you definitely have a chance to be a good sleeper. I guess who do you have for this team? Yeah, it's really hard to put um, Tampa Bay and sleeper in the same sentence. But I guess just looking at the depth chart, 
yeah, I guess I'll have to go uh, potentially Cam Lee. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Gronk retiring last episode. Yeah, Breit definitely has the chance to be that main guy at tight end, and he could catch a lot of touchdowns the way Gronk did. We've seen Breit's talent over the years, so definitely a sleeper for sure. Get to the Arizona Cardinals now. Um, there's a lot of players here that could be considered sleeper players. Um, I might have to go with Rondell Moore since we really haven't seen his full potential yet. I definitely think he could take that step up. I guess who would be your sleeper player this year? Um, I think potentially uh, DeAndre Hopkins, depending on what we see him back in the season. Um, I feel like even though he might not finish with the best totals, if he might just come back sometime second half of the season yeah definitely draft him as like that sleeper kind of guy and see if you can hold him on your roster until he comes back hopefully that won't hurt you too much the first half of the season definitely see where you can get him and if people are avoiding him you definitely have a chance to take him and he can be that like sleeper receiver for you oh we'll get to the la rams now in terms of sleeper players here it's honestly tough to say. Um, I might have to go with someone like Van Jefferson, who could end up being a breakout player, considering Matthew Stafford throws the ball a ton. Cup, Allen, Allen Robinson, and Van Jefferson could be fantasy relevant. And Cooper Cup might not have that like high-level season he had last year. It might be funneled around more, spread out a little bit. So I think Van Jefferson could be a sleeper receiver for you. I guess who do you have at sleeper? solid on pretty much every position. Um, I feel like I mean they could just keep beating Cooper Cup, but there's just so much talent like on the wide receivers in general. You don't want to like overplay Cooper Cup before you get to the playoffs if that makes sense. So they're probably gonna be for sure. And we'll get to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, there's a lot of players you can sort of pick here. Honestly I think George Kill has the chance to be the number one tight end at the end of this season uh, with how great he is. I mean, if Trey Lance ends up starting and he ends up being that breakout player, he's another player I could have gone with as well as like a sleeper, but he is going kind of high uh, to, to be sort of that sleeper because some people are seeing Lance as like a QB one. But yeah, I'll go with Kittle. He's being taken in the top five, but he could be the number one overall. That's how good of a tight end he is. So it's not really a sleeper, but it's definitely a breakout guy for sure. That um, if Trey Lance ends up having a breakout season, uh, maybe Brandon Ayuk might have a breakout season as well. It's just looking at where he's being drafted. Um, looks like he's 39th off the board, so you don't have to reach for him at all. Just wait for him to fall to you. Take him. Trey Lance has a breakout season. Brandon Ayuk might have a breakout season as well. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And then we'll get to the last team, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I know uh, they've taken a lot of criticism lately, but in terms of a player that could break out, I mean, we saw it a little bit <clears throat> last year. Rashad Penny, uh, as a running back, saw a breakout year. We know Chris Carson hasn't really stayed healthy. Penny hasn't as well, but his talent is undeniable. So I think if he gets a, a fair sh uh, kick at the can, a fair shake at this position, um, I think that Penny's really talented. He definitely can have a lot of fantasy points this year. So he'd be my sleeper from this team. Um, I guess who's your sleeper from the Seahawks? 
and kind of like Rashad Penny as well. Uh, like you said, he had a really solid season last season. Um, you could even take Chris Carson as a potential um, sleeper pick, but there's also Kenneth Walker to think about. So I guess that's part probably why um, Rashad Penny is being, um, I guess, drafted so low. It looks like just because we don't know where the snaps are going, but um, Rashad Penny kind of. I feel like he proved himself if that makes sense. So I think I like him on sleeper. For sure. And yeah, that's the end of our sleeper portion of this podcast for this fantasy season. I guess any last thoughts? Um, not really too many last thoughts for me. I just feel like um, there's a lot of players in general that you can kind of take a little bit and if they have a lot of value on them. For example, even guys like Jarvis Landry. I think on the Browns, he did really well the number one wide receiver on the team. Uh, I remember correctly, but yeah, he was the uh, number one wide receiver on the team for the Browns. And he's in a situation that um, I think the Saints are really solid. He doesn't have to be the number one wide receiver, but I feel like he still could have a good season. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of great sleepers. I mean, especially if you're looking for like a breakout quarterback, we talked about guys like Trey Lance. We talked about guys like Zach Wilson. We talked about Kirk Cousins, different guys that their draft is a little low, but they definitely have the chance to break out. So definitely take a look at that for sure. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much going to be the end of Fanatics Football and the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at FanFanPodcast. And then we're also on YouTube spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts so just make sure you like subscribe share and hit the bell for notifications on youtube leave comments reviews all that good stuff and yeah um definitely busy week in the sports world stanley cup finals coming to an end nba draft coming to an end free agency sort of starting around there and then a lot of stuff going on in the fantasy football world as well but we'll talk to you guys on the next episode (music) 